Good afternoon, everybody. It is Thursday afternoon, and it is now time for Inside the Eye Live Prime Time. Hey, Fetch. Hey, Fetch. Quiet, quiet. Go ahead. She's she's asking a question. Don't be rude. Don't be rude. Hey, Fetch. Did that woman really say you have garnets of steel and a mind like a freaking laser? Mary, you can't be asking questions like that. This is Inside the Guy Live Prime Time. Why not? Aren't we broadcasting from the Middle East? Well, yeah, but we might be seen as being politically incorrect. You know, the problem is everybody dumps people when there's a, like a sign of, of political incorrectness. Echan, you're always politically correct. Heck, thanks. Does, does that mean we can talk about dumping the Israelis tomorrow? Oh, I'm sure you will probably say quite a bit more than that. And now coming to you live from somewhere in the Middle East, this is Inside the Eye Live Primetime with your host, The Fetch. All right, everybody. From Riyadh, the capital of Saudi Arabia. Thank you. First of all, thank you very much for that, Mary. From Riyadh, the capital of Saudi Arabia, this is The Fetch and you are... Uh, listening to Inside the Eye Live Prime Time. Today's date is uh, Thursday, August the 13th, 2020, and a good Thursday afternoon to early evening to all of you listening in the United States and Canada, and a good late, actually good morning. Good morning to all of you listening in European and Asian time zones, and of course, wherever you are listening out there on the World Wide Web or our FM and micro FM broadcasting outlets may all be well with you and yours. Uh, after that heat wave we had here a couple of weeks ago, I think we've actually settled into what I guess, because I'm not normally here in the summertime, but I guess is uh, Riyadh's general summer weather pattern. Highs hit 108 degrees today. Evenings remain warm, but dip down into the middle to lower 80s. The temperature currently is 88 degrees at just after 1 o'clock a.m., on a Friday morning here, and we will be going down to a low of 82 degrees in the hour before sunrise. So, and then tomorrow and throughout the week, we're just going to basically turn around and do this all over again. Now, winds are currently sitting at a moderate 9 miles per hour coming out of the north-northwest. You know, it's kind of interesting around here. First of all, hello. Uh, we... Just to give you a, a clue here, we got one of our laptops back, but when I tried to reach the, uh, what do you call it, the studio through the, uh, what do you call it, my other account, it's not getting in. So I hope, I hope we're going out live. In fact, just to be on the safe side, uh, if somebody can ping me in the personal account, uh, that would be appreciated. I'm going to make my way over now to Inside the iLive.com, click on that live chat button. Also inside the iLive.chatango.com and uh, let's see if we're actually going out live. I assume we are. Uh, nobody said, hey, where are you yet? But I'm just going to go check out anyways, just to be on the safe side before I get too far into this show today. Uh, I'll tell you, it's always something doing international internet. I'll, I, I do my best. Uh, it looks like, uh, it looks like I guess we're going okay, right? Good evening, Mr. Fetch, it says, and that's on a Friday, 103 in the morning. So, okay, I assume you're there. And good morning, everybody. It's very, very, very quiet in the chat room today right now. 
Good morning to eve to afternoon, I guess, because we got people in here from France, I see. So, anyways, good afternoon. So, I assume we're going live. Just say something he, here, here. Okay, great. Thank you, Mer Bailey. Okay, good. So, we're live. All right. Don't know what happened with my other account, but we'll try to fix that a little bit later, but not not now. Uh, telephone lines, you're actually going to come in on a call. I've got two lines here. You're going to come in if you want to call. Still, you can do 323-275-1314, but I'm not going to be able to pot you down simply because if I did that, you would not be able to hear anything. I need to go out through this one particular channel right now so I can fix the other network. I don't know why it's not ringing, but it's something with... Uh, Microsoft and Skype and Chrome and all that kind of cool stuff. So anyways, it is what it is. Hanshan, good afternoon. People are starting to show up. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm feeling pretty good today, by the way. Uh, I've had a last after last Saturday's show, you know, it was a difficult show. We got through it okay, but, uh, I feel much better. I got a lot of sleep last night. I actually got to bed something like 10 o'clock in the evening. Normally, I'm getting to bed 2, 3 in the morning. So I feel kind of refreshed, but it is tired. It's 1 o'clock in the morning, everyone. So here we are. You know, I learned a new word today. I didn't learn the new word, but I kind of learned what it meant, and it has actually to do with the weather. And as you know, we're kind of weather people here. And the word is called a derecho. I never knew what a derecho was, actually. I've known the word, uh, but I didn't realize what it was. Derecho means straight, right? Go derecho. But uh, no, it's actually a weather term. There's something called a derecho. And what a derecho is, is it's a widespread, long-lived windstorm that is associated with a band of rapidly moving showers or thunderstorms. And although a derecho can produce destruction similar to the strength of a tornado, the damage typically is directed in one direction along a relatively straight path as a result of the term, as a result, they termed it straight line wind damage or derecho, which means to go straight. So by definition, if the wind damage swath extends more than 240 miles, about 400 kilometers, and includes wind gusts of at least 58 miles per hour, that's 93 kilometers per hour for you guys out there, or greater along most of its length, then the event may be classified as a derecho. And that is exactly what hit the Midwest this week. Almost a month away from the beginning of the harvest season, the corn crops in Iowa suffered significant damage. And in many ways, uh, cases actually were completely destroyed in the wake of what was called a massive derecho that tore a path of destruction across nearly 800 miles of the middle part of the nation this week. That's pretty impressive, actually. It says here, getting to Perry, Iowa, anything any anything, and everything was pretty flat going through town, and it looked like a war zone, said a particular farmer in Iowa. Early estimates, according to the Des Moines Register, indicates that the derecho damaged about 10 million acres of crops in the nation's top corn-producing state and at least one-third of the state's total crops. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds announced Tuesday 
So on top of that, tens of millions of bushels of grain were destroyed as they sat in the bin. So basically, man, it's a heck of a storm, right? Anyways, approximately 23.4 million acres were seeded with corn and soybeans this spring. By early estimates, that would mean some 43% of Iowa's 2020 corn and soybean crop was damaged or destroyed this week, according to Radio Iowa. However, don't be so quick to go short this stuff or expect the prices to just jump high because the estimates here is that the United States is going to produce 15.708 billion bushels uh, this year. And with all of this damage, it's still going to be at 15.03. So it's really not going to cut into that much productivity or production. So don't go out and expect prices on this one to jump so high. So just be a little bit patient out there. Anyways, uh, news coming out of the Middle East, and you've probably heard about it. But if you haven't, uh, Israel, Trump went out today, announced, really, it's kind of shocking to me, uh, but it's not to be unexpected, I guess. But the Israeli, it's not a peace treaty because the United Arab Emirates is not at war with the state of Israel. But it is a recognition. The United Arab Emirates and Israel are going to recognize each other. And that was announced today by Israel's uh, ambassador at large, uh, who also happens to be the president of the United States, Donald Trump. So what can we say? I mean, um, Trump works for the Israelis. I mean, Trump works for Jews first and foremost. He puts Americans close, but he works really for Jews and the Jewish state. And on this one, he's delivering pretty big time. Just a few moments ago, I hosted a very special call with two friends, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu of Israel and Crown Prince Mohammed bin Zaid of the United Arab Emirates, where they agreed to finalize a historical peace agreement. Everybody said this would be impossible. And as you know, Mohammed is one of the great leaders of the Middle East. After 49 years, Israel and the United Arab Emirates will fully normalize their diplomatic relations. They will exchange embassies and ambassadors and begin cooperation across the board and on a broad range of areas, including tourism, education, healthcare, trade, and security. This is a truly historic moment, not since the Israel-Jordan peace treaty was signed more than 25 years ago has so much progress been made towards peace in the Middle East. That is, of course, Trump talking of Israel's ambassador at large to the world. And really, let's be honest, everybody, Trump is kind of like the Israeli ambassador at large. I mean, he works first and foremost for the state of Israel. We've seen that time and time again. He puts Israel ahead of the United States in virtually every situation. I think we've all learned that he does at least put America first in many cases above and beyond what we might have had elsewise. However, when push comes to shove, Trump will put Israel ahead of the United States. And this is really one of those cases where uh, Trump is putting Israeli interest ahead of American interest. Now, just some of the words coming out on this. The U.S. ambassador to the United Nations says she is celebrating the announcement. And, and you have to ask yourselves, why are all of these people celebrating an announcement on behalf of a foreign power that technically 
really is an enemy of the American people and Western civilization, really the world at large. I mean, the Jewish state is an enemy for the most part of everybody. And we've learned that the hard way in America over over the years, really 50, 60, 70 years of working with these snakes, really, these vipers, because they really are for the American people. And I'm just being straight up honest with that. But nonetheless, uh, the United Nations U.S. Ambassador to the U.N. says she's celebrating this announcement and she's calling it a huge win for President Donald Trump. And for the world, of course, uh, that's what she's saying. But I'd like to know why is this a huge win? It's really not a huge win. What would be a huge win is to see Tel Aviv flattened. That would be a huge win for the world. Uh, seeing Jews being more and more allowed to spread their tentacles around the world, spread their terror, spread their intolerance, spread their hatred. I don't see that as a huge win for the world. I really don't. I think most of the Israelis, in fact, I'm not, I don't think, I know, most Israelis hate Americans. Most Israelis hate the United States. They love Trump because Trump's their ambassador. But um, the Jewish state, the Jewish people in Israel, they hate Americans. They can't stand the Americans. In fact, they think Americans are stupid. In many cases, they are because Americans are willing, in some respects, as far as Jews are concerned, to give the state of Israel anything they want. Now, Kelly Craft, she is the UN, U.S. ambassador to, uh, the U, to the United Nations. She was speaking to the Associated Press, and she's saying that the diplomatic ties show just how hungry for peace we all are in this world. Listen, that is a purely Jewish phrase. Most of us, if we were not having to deal with Jewish uh, shenanigans, if you want to call it that, Jewish intrigue, uh, Jewish terrorism. It's, I don't know, many words you could attach to this, but we would all be living in peace already. There would be much more peace, quite frankly, if we did not have to deal with the Jewish stranglehold over the United States, for instance. We would not have BLM. Uh, we would be able to go after the people like in BLM as a unified nation. For instance, I'll give you an idea. There's this story coming out of, I think, Georgia or North Carolina, South Carolina, somewhere in the South, and it's just one of many stories. For me, it's just one of many stories. But this five-year-old kid, I think his name, I, I don't even have his name. I should have his name, but I don't have his name because he's just one of so many kids, so many crimes committed by blacks in America. And apparently this black guy just came up, shot the little kid in front of his little sisters. How sad is that? Now, now where's the Jewish press? Where's this we love our peaceful Jewish press? They're silent. In the meantime, they they hyped up hatred and fomented hatred against everybody. And then somebody acts on that hatred and Jews are everywhere silent. They're not saying a word about this event and so many other events going across the United States right now. In fact, black-on-white crime is at historic highs right now. Now, I'll tell you what. To the ambassador, you know what? We all want to live in peace, right? I'll tell you what Jews would have done right there. The next thing, they would have gone out. They would probably have killed one of the cousins or something. But definitely, they would have bulldozed that guy's house tomorrow. They would have kicked the family out, bulldozed the entire house, and the person who was behind this crime would have also been executed equally. That's what would have happened. 
The children in that black guy's family would have been arrested. They probably would have one or two organs already harvested by now. That's what would have happened with the, oh, we all want peace because we're Jews mentality. See, the what, what Jews are all about, guys, look what they did to probably Beirut. They were willing to destroy half of Beirut, the eastern half of the city. They were willing to kill hundreds of people, many of them in a most cruel and violent death as glass shards just literally ripped through their bodies and basically tore them apart. Yeah, we all want peace like a Jew wants peace, right? Give us a frickin' break, you psychopath. You sick, sick psychopath. Because that's what Jews are doing here. And no amount of coddling up to this type of evil is going to bring peace. You do not win by coddling up to evil. You win by putting evil back into the box and locking it securely away so that it cannot harm anybody else any further. What should happen is the entire world should isolate the state of Israel. We've already learned we can do it. Hell, you can't even leave countries nowadays, right? Not let Jews in, not let Jews out, blockade their port, starve them to death, because that's what Jews are doing. In fact, as of today, you know what Jews did? They celebrated by massive bombings of Gaza today. Massive massive bombings. And then here they are, oh, we all want peace. Give us a freaking break, you lunatics. Nothing about the Jewish people, nothing about the state of Israel says peace. Kraft says, who's basically also an Israeli agent, she believes that more of the Middle East will be joining together and pointing to a a letter Sunday from the UAE and five other nations in the GCC, that's the Gulf Cooperation Council, endorsing an extension of the U.S. arms embargo on Iran, which is set to expire this coming October 18th. The GCC countries are Bahrain, Kuwait, Oman, Qatar, and Saudi Arabia. Qatar's actually not really involved right now. They've been kind of kicked out of the GCC. So she should know that. She's the ambassador. Quoting here, today's announcement is just a statement that the Middle East, that the countries are coming together because they recognize, they understand the importance of restraining the murderous regime. No, they don't, because the murderous regime is the state of Israel. All of this mayhem throughout the Middle East had far more to do with the Israelis than it did with the Iranians to begin with. The Iranians were put into a much more defensive position, were actually working to defend more than they were there to attack. That's why they were able to win. Because with the Russians and in a defense posture where you're essentially defending and then counterattacking, it's much easier to win those types of battles. So nobody's, nobody's reeling in the murderous regime of the Jewish state. There is no state on this planet, quite frankly, none, more deceptive, more evil, more violent, more murderous than the Jewish people and the state of Israel. We know this. We know our history, guys. It's not like we're hiding anything here. Jews murdered 60, 70 million people in Russia. Jews murdered 9 to 14 million Germans after the war ended. Jews were basically behind the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And they were very clear to, to, uh, to target Christian cities, which were Nagasaki and Hiroshima. 
Jews were responsible in advising Mao in the deaths of some 100 million Chinese. Jews are responsible for the debauchery in the West and the rise in all of these abortions, which by some estimates means that the Western European stock has lost some 1.5 billion people since the late middle to late 1800s. That loss of 1.5 billion people means that Europeans have gone from 33% of the global population to less than 9% today. We know there is nothing but death and despair when you coddle up to the state of Israel. That's just an honest assessment of what is happening here. Now, the Gulf Island nation of Bahrain said that it welcomes the deal it reached between Israel and the United Arab Emirates to establish full diplomatic relations. Bahrain congratulated the UAE and its leadership for reaching a deal that it said suspends Israeli annexation of Palestinian lands while taking steps to enhance the chances of Middle East peace. Again, it enhances it. But you won't get Middle East peace. And you know why? It's very simple. You cannot tell the Jewish people to define their borders. You cannot set borders with the Jewish people. The Jewish people believe wholeheartedly that they are owed Sinai. They're owed basically all of Jordan. They're owed like half of Syria. They're owed like most of Iraq. Nobody, nobody can set the borders for the state of Israel other than, quote, unquote, GD. So any mere mortal that believes that they can go in and make a deal with the devil and come out on the good side, it's not going to happen. What's going to happen is that the UAE is, this is my guess, studying how the Israelis have worked over the years in Jordan. They're going to turn the UAE into an intelligence hotspot. They will use it for targeted killings. They will use it to promote and advance their own brand of terrorism. In fact, the UAE will actually become more susceptible to terrorism today from this deal forward than it ever was under the current conditions within the Middle East. The Israelis, they live literally on terror. They do not want peace, everybody. No matter how much you cry and and whine about how great Jews are, they don't want peace. Now, Joe Biden's handlers had Joe Biden come out and speak, and he and uh, Joe Biden called this a historic step to bridge the deep divides in the Middle East. It's not bridging any deep divides. But here's the interesting one. The pro-Israeli U.S. lobby group, American-Israeli Public Affairs Committee, APAC as we know it in America, has issued their own statement, of course, greatly appreciating the efforts of Ambassador to Israel Donald Trump. Of course, they called it President Donald Trump, but they could have just easily, just as easily have called President Donald Trump Ambassador Donald Trump. The influential lobbying group, it's actually a foreign, it's actually a foreign office of a foreign country, basically. It's an agent of a foreign country, said in a statement that the UAE joins Egypt and Jordan in paving the path to peace through recognition and engagement rather than by seeking to isolate and boycott the Jewish state. Now, the truth of the matter is, is that Americans are paying Jordan 
and Egypt and have paid Jordan and Egypt exorbitant amounts of hush money, payoff money for these peace deals. It's not like the Egyptians and the Jordanians came to the table and said, hey, Jews, let's make a deal. No, that's not what happened. Jews basically engineered giving American money away to Egypt and to Jordan in order to make these peace deals a reality. In other words, these regimes, if you want to call them that, were paid off. This has nothing to do with actual interest in peace. It had an economic motive to it. America was able to get Cairo and Egypt, and I think it's Alexandria, actually. I think Alexandria is the capital. But nonetheless, get them away, the Egyptians away from the Russians or the Soviets at the time. And at the same time, they were able to essentially secure the borders along Israel. Now, here's what's interesting, what AIPAC said. AIPAC urged other Arab states and the Palestinians to follow the UAE's lead and end, listen to this phrase, this is a direct quotation, end its boycott of Israel and America and return to the negotiating table. I didn't know any of these countries were boycotting America. I didn't know that. But see, this gives you the mentality of the Jewish people. The Jewish people view America and Americans as stooges for themselves and the state of Israel. The American people exist to serve the state of Israel. And nobody should confuse what these words mean here. When they say, end its boycott of Israel and America, what the Jews are telling you is they do not see Israel and America as being uniquely distinctive countries. It views as Israel as being the husband and America the wife. And the wife dutifully follows what the words of the husband say when push comes to shove. That's what they're saying here. So yes, we are in interesting times. It's the fetch everybody. Inside the ally prime time back after this. Including your reputation. They will lie, 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 and then again they will do worse than that. They will do whatever's necessary. The Clintons are criminals, remember that, they're criminals. Our great civilization here in America and across the civilized world has come upon a moment of reckoning. We've seen it in the United Kingdom, where they voted to liberate themselves from global government and global trade deals and global immigration deals that have destroyed their sovereignty and have destroyed many of those nations. But the central base of world political power is right here in America. And it is our corrupt political establishment that is the greatest power behind the efforts at radical globalization and the disenfranchisement of working people. Their financial resources are virtually unlimited. Their political resources are unlimited. Their media resources are unmatched. And most importantly, the depths of their immorality is absolutely unlimited. All right, guys, you missed that. That's actually one of his better speeches. 
Um, you can say what you want, but uh, uh, anyways, uh, what happened there, guys, is a call came in and it uh, disconnected apparently the studio. So I resumed to the studio. You should be getting that now. I would play it again. I've lost. This has been a, a cluster. You know what? Uh, production-wise today, unfortunately, uh, with this laptop, with the uh, not being able to go out over Rev Radio, my normal account, I just can't reach the studio for some reason through the through the account. So what I can do is I'm going to go ahead and start this over again. Guys, this is probably one of the best speeches he's got. You can say what you want. However, you cannot disagree whether you like it or not. You can't disagree with what Trump is actually saying here. And it all, you can say it's all theater. You can play that game. I don't care at the end of the day. You're, you're free to say what you want. Hi. All right. I'll take this call now and then I'll play it in the next hour, half hour. Uh, hi, 210. Oh, hi. Welcome to Inside the Allied Prime Time. Hello. Hello, bitch. Hello. Hello. You, the, the anti-Semite, you know, Israel. Okay, yeah, you got to watch the wind in the background. Hi, go ahead. <laughs> this is Bruce. I just want to let you know that uh, it sounded like the speech went out. It did because so. when you called, I, I didn't connect. I'm using a different account, so basically I screwed up. But anyways, go ahead. I'll play it on the next uh, next break. Okay, all right. You know what? Uh, I'll just call and let you know that. Because I heard it, um, perhaps everybody else did. Yeah, because so, you were on the call, Saturday. but nobody else it's did. A bad idea for me to call today if, if you're having trouble. Well, now you're on. It's okay. So, Go I'm ahead, man. <laughs> it's okay. You're on now, dude. Already. All right. Uh, I'm I'm in a truck yard. I'm going back in the truck, and you know, got to do what you got to do. Yeah, you got a lot of wind out there too. I can hear the wind in your microphone. Yeah, yeah. So, like I say, I'll call you Saturday. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, take care. Uh, You're doing good. All right. Thanks, man. That's, uh, just, just blame it on Bruce because I, I just did it wrong there. All right. It's, uh, 220, uh, 220 local time. Uh, just bear with me today, guys. I'm doing my best to move things along. And let's see. Where did that thing go again? It's actually a brilliant little speech. And where is it? Maybe maybe Facebook took the thing down because I don't see it now. It's like maybe Facebook said you can play it one time, but we're not going to let you play it again. Uh, let me just reload the page. Essentially, he's he's calling out. Look, this particular election sequence is really really going to define it. Of course, the system is rigged. Uh, we know the system's rigged. We know that there are a handful of globalists largely within the Jewish community that that really wants to take down the United States they are absolutely taking down again we're down seriously they won't tell to hold their prestige and power at your expense and that's what's been happening the Washington establishment and the financial and media corporations that fund it exist for only one reason, to protect and enrich itself. The establishment has trillions of dollars at stake in this election. 
As an example, just one single trade deal they'd like to pass involves trillions of dollars controlled by many countries, corporations, and lobbyists. For those who control the levers of power in Washington and for the global special interest, they partner with these people that don't have your good in mind. Our campaign represents a true existential threat like they haven't seen before. This is not simply another four-year election. This is a crossroads in the history of our civilization that will determine whether or not we, the people, reclaim control over our government. The political establishment that is trying to stop us is the same group responsible for our disastrous trade deals, massive illegal immigration, and economic and foreign policies that have bled our country dry. For them, it's war. And for them, nothing at all is out of bounds. This is a struggle for the survival of our nation. Believe me. This election will determine whether we're a free nation or whether we have only the illusion of democracy but are in fact controlled by a small handful of global special interests rigging the system, and our system is rigged. This is reality. You know it, they know it, I know it, and pretty much the whole world knows it. The establishment and their media enablers will control over this nation through means that are very well known. Anyone who challenges their control is deemed a sexist, a racist, a xenophobe, and morally deformed. They will attack you. They will slander you. They will seek to destroy your career and your family. They will seek to destroy everything about you, including your reputation. They will lie lie, lie, and then again, they will do worse than that. They will do whatever's necessary. The Clintons are criminals. Remember that. They're criminals. Our great civilization, here in America and across the civilized world, has come upon a moment of reckoning. We've seen it in the United Kingdom where they voted to liberate themselves from global government and global trade deals and global immigration deals that have destroyed their sovereignty and have destroyed many of those nations. But the central base of world political power is right here in America. And it is our corrupt political establishment that is the greatest power behind the efforts at radical globalization and the disenfranchisement of working people. Their financial resources are virtually unlimited. Their political resources are unlimited. 
Their media resources are unmatched. And most importantly, the depths of their immorality is absolutely unlimited. All right, everybody. Welcome back. It's, uh, again, Thursday. A little bit of a difficult show here. We're just not able to actually get to the studio through the normal channel today. I don't know if it's a Skype issue, a browser issue, uh, but it's made for a little bit of a confusion here. We've lost a lot of the recording. Um, so it is what it is, I guess. So thank you for listening, though. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You know, that last speech by Trump, I don't know when that was given. And a lot of people will say, you know, it's a lot of hot air. But, you know, I don't know how we can listen to something like that and not see a little bit of sincerity about what he was saying. You can say what you want. Who else has ever spoken like that? And when you break it down and he talks about the unlimited finance and the unlimited amount of uh, basically the access to media access, the immorality, the doing whatever you can do, the idea that this, for these people, this is war. The only thing he didn't tell you was that it's essentially, we are at battle with the upper echelon of the Talmudic Jewish elite. That's the only thing he didn't say there. Everything else, he's very clear. This is a battle against the upper echelons of Jewish Talmudic elites backed by the Jewish people. So there's a story in Italy, and what it was was the police had managed to break open a snuff pedophile network, 13 Jews. That's right, 13 Jews were involved. $20,000 per person to watch these snuff films where you would see little children, three, two, three, four years old, getting raped and killed. run by 13 Jews. Did the Jewish people in Italy say, you know what, we disavow any of this, this is terrible, we can't believe this is going on, we're so embarrassed, and no, you know what they did? They called this all a blood libel. They tried to get the police to apologize. They got the directors of the news media organization fired. You see, the Jewish people, they didn't back down from this. These Jews were running a pedophile snuff network. And the only thing that the Jewish community could do was rise and holler and claim blood libel. And yet we have this going on through millennia. I mean, think about it. Through millennia, this has dogged the Jewish people. They are caught here in the 19, in the 2000 teens, and they still claim somehow that they're the victim, even when we have the video of them raping and killing two, three, four year olds for $20,000 per person per view. This is not a joke. But this is the Jewish community. And people will say, Fetch, you're so such an anti No, I'm not an anti-Semite. I'm a pragmatic realist and observer of Jewish behavior, of Jewish ideology, of Jewish ideas. 
And those of you who think you're Jewish and, and you think, oh, I'm just such a really good guy and, and oh, I'm just, no, you, well then you're not Jewish, man. Stop pretending it and stop defending what is Jewish, which is evil. Is that so hard? You know what? So many people out there want you to what? To give up your faith? To drop your Christian belief? They, these, these Talmudic bastards that sit there in our, in our political elite circles now, they want you to be criminalized for going to practice your faith. But you don't ever hear Jews saying it's time for the Talmudists to abandon their faith, do you? You never hear Jews saying it's time for us Jews to abandon this Torahic terror that confronts us all. And have you ever thought of the roots of words, guys? Seriously. Have you ever thought of the roots of words? And what are the roots of words? The roots of words are the consonants. Do you really think it's an accident that we get terrorist and tears and terror and torment and torture? Do you really think these words are disconnected from the Torah itself? It shares the exact same root. Of course it's the same. Torture would be from Torah. Terror would be from Torah. Tear would be from Torah. Torment would be from Torah. And isn't it kind of funny they like to brag about the start of World War II and what were the three words that were said? Torah. 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 And you have the not sees and the all eyes and it's just one big frickin' cabalistic play. But these people, folks, will do whatever is necessary to win because they have been at war with Western civilization for sure and the world at large for thousands of years. Perhaps when we had the Great Fall, the Great Fall came from Jewish people, their Jewish ideology, this this complete abandonment of logic, this complete abandonment of reason, the complete abandonment of some type of universal system in lieu of the one, one, one. It's always the one, one, one. And everywhere Jews go, they bring nothing but chaos, destruction, decadence, and decay. We saw it in Russia. We see it in Israel today. We saw it in Weimar, Germany. We see it in the UK today. Have you ever tried to go through Paris, France nowadays? France has fallen. The capital of France has fallen. It's no longer French. It's, it's a, it's a decayed cesspool of feces and urine and dirty old mattresses and tents and trash. 
and wandering African, whatever you want to call them, with no rhyme or reason going on inside of, of the city. And imagine this has happened everywhere where we see Jewish influence. See, Trump talked about these people are behind mass immigration. Who's behind mass immigration? Do you think the Russians are financing this? Of course not. The Jewish people are financing it. You're financing it. Because you pay taxes and Jews write it off through donations. So you pay for the Jews write off. So you finance it through a Jewish write off on their taxes. They're so clever, right? So in many ways, what's happening in the next five years, seven years, is going to be whether or not this very, I don't know, you you can call it arrogant, but this very crude, this very crass, this immoral, low-life, criminal mentality sweeps over Western civilization or the American people, the British and the French are able to beat it back. We're reaching that stage. And for the most part, I've heard the very sophisticated preppers. They want no part of fighting. And I respect that because a lot of us don't. And you know what? You can't just pick off one or two people here. It doesn't make sense. What we have seen is that the enemy has been able to muster forces in the tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands even across the country. And they're able to sustain action to achieve some type of political will. Now what we have all seen now is very clear. What Jews have in store for the United States is an utter destruction of the country. I think Netanyahu may have said it properly when he said something to the effect that we're going to bleed America dry and when we've taken everything we can from it, we're going to sell off whatever we can and then whatever else is going to just twist in the wind and chafe, the chafe is going to blow away. It'll be left with one giant welfare state which we Jews will control. That's what Netanyahu essentially is saying in a paraphrase. And how close are you there now? People are living on, what, $600 a week. But you think that would go forever? Once the once their objective is achieved, do you think they're going to keep that $600 flowing? Of course not. They'll just cut it. Now where are you going to be? You'll have nothing. And Jews will have all the levers of power. And they are so amoral, they're downright evil. Everywhere you see their policies, you will see decay, destruction, decadence. It's just the way the tale works. Jews want to create for this world what they call Sukkos. Sukkos is bringing everything down to a level playing field akin to a barren desert. And what's the old statement? Something that those whom they'd call peace or those who would call 
something peaceful they reduced to a barren desert or something to that effect. So be very wary moving forward. Now a lot of people think that some deal, I wouldn't say a lot of people, but people seem to think that maybe a deal has been cut and Trump is going to now win 2020. But what have we seen? We've seen three years of a complete criminal, perhaps treasonous, attempted coup on the American people through the Justice Department and the FBI. We have now seen an attempted takeover or coup by armed leftist Bolshevik paramilitary forces of the Democratic Party. No matter how you cut this election, the left, the Jews who will lose, and then there's the Jews who are going to win, like those who are pro-Israel. The Jews who lose are not going to accept whatever happens in 2020. They did not accept what happened in 2016. Why do you think they're going to accept what's going to happen in 2020? So the country, for the most part, is being set up for conflict. My idea, and perhaps it's just an idea, it is just an idea, is that some areas politically must be expanded. Leftists must be routed. Health officials must be rounded up. Police who were involved in harming the people on behalf of totalitarian dictates of mayors and governors and health officials and judges should be immediately terminated. There should be no quarter drawn in this war against the American people. The idea of destroying their places should not be forestalled here. And people will say, Fetch, that's a little bit harsh. you got to be careful. Yes, I know it's a little bit harsh. But tell me, if that health official shut down the entire county and many a family has died or lost a family member, I should say, due to some other cause, why should that health official not have to pay some type of retribution for that? A very strong message has to be sent. And that includes the arrest, trial, and execution of these people. Because what we are witnessing was an attempted coup d'etat. This is nothing different than treason towards the United States and her people. Are you trying to tell me that we should look at treason and just simply excuse it? Oh, it's okay. We won the election now. You're all right. Just no. That isn't how they play the game either. See, as soon as they get into power, their only interest is to destroying you even further. Give all your money to Jewish oligarchs. You're not allowed to work anymore. 
In the meantime, we'll kind of work with our Republican counterparts and get you 600 bucks a week while we try to work this thing out. That ain't going to go on forever, folks. It never was intended to. It was only intended to to keep you kind of snug and happy while the economy gets completely destroyed. The idea, folks, really is I cannot take calls today. Or you can merge the call. Let me see if I can merge this. Uh, Vera, are you on the line? Yes, I am. You are, but I want to see if we're still live. I think... I think we're live. Just go on, Vera. They'll tell me in the chat room. Yeah, well, we haven't got much time anyways. I just want to tell you, you know, I'd heard about uh, the Prime Minister of uh, Belarus and that he came forward and he said, well, he wants to get a, a loan from the IMF or the World Bank. There's a stipulation in there because they were going to give him almost a billion dollars, but the stipulation was that he had to have a uh, uh, COVID-19 lockdown in his country. Okay? I didn't hear that, but I have heard that this is going on, that many of the loans out there so by now, the IMF have these clauses yeah, so built now, in. Now, now this guy actually came forward, but he, of course he wasn't on the news. Now on, uh, uh, you know, the news that's from uh, England, like for Canada, it says PBS or whatever, but it's for England, and so it's the British, and they say, oh, now he's the last tyrant out there. He's a tyrant now. He had a vote. Apparently, he won by 80%. You know, well, he had 80% of the votes, and then they're saying it's all fake, but they can hire people to come in there. So, next on the agenda might be that they do something to the guy in Belarus. Because he's not going to follow their rules. Mm, Wouldn't surprise me. Like Trump was saying in that speech, their so, uh, their power is virtually unlimited. Yeah, you know, and you know, people here in Canada, they think he's a nutcase, okay? Because they listen to the news. Now, mind you, sometimes he does like, seem a little silly because he seems a little like a little kid being uh, uh, annoyed, and so he responds in some ways that doesn't look very becoming for like a, a president or whatever. He's just a little more down to earth, you know. Uh, wait That's what I think yeah, that, if they think that, that, wait till Biden when gets... When he came in the first time, oh, Biden. And why do you think that was brought up about the Ukraine? Because Biden's son was the head CEO or something for a Gazprom. Yeah, Burisma Holdings. Burisma. Yeah, Burisma Holdings. Oh, Burisma. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, nonetheless. And so that's what uh, uh, Trump was hoping that information would get out. And like any sane individual would say, well, yes, there's something to look at here. Uh, yeah, okay, that uh, shouldn't be. No, instead they, they kept saying that, He's working with uh, uh, Russia, and, you know, he shouldn't be asking for favors, you know, because uh, Biden was the running mate. No, that wasn't even the point. He was trying to get it out there that 
the son is doing this and why is that's you know is it legal for the guy to be like uh, the head of uh uh you know some kind of like very important thing in their country which is their oil you know mm. or gas right yeah like how is it legal for for an american or a canadian or someone other than a ukrainian it should be like well actually should be run maybe from by the government but just seeing that it's you know they're not ripping everybody off or something you know that kind of stuff but we know that who's running that place now it's definitely the jews yeah right i mean yeah in the uh, ukraine yeah it's uh yeah, I guess the Belarus guy, he won by 80% of the vote, and he's now vowing to crush any of the remaining protests. And I'll tell you, I'm uh, I'm kind of all for it after what we've seen going on inside the United States now. I mean, it's, it's 75 nights now yeah. in Portland and Seattle and some of these cities. Uh, I'll tell you what, I grew up where if you were a looter, you should expect to be shot, and we all did. And respected it, you know. It's like, hey, you, you, looting is just something you don't do. Uh, this is beyond. This is an animal exactly. mentality. If if you're looting, expect to be shot. And and that was just part of the nature yeah. growing up in the sixties and seventies. Looters were shot. So it didn't go on very often, did it? And it didn't go on. And, and I'm I actually am kind of old school <laughs> in this regard. I kind of think that looters. I'm not saying shoot to kill, but certainly shoot to put down. And we'll collect up the yeah. bodies later while they're there because they can't move. We'll just go collect them up. And, and I don't care. Listen, a lot of these people are such ignorant, low IQ thugs. It's, you know, you could almost be racist towards them and you'd be very well justified. Even black people, I see black people yeah. complaining about this. They say, you know what? No wonder white people see black people as savages. This is embarrassing watching you people. There's a reason exactly. why white people because see black people black as savages. Isn't a Yahoo like that? They have some sanity. You know what though? 30, 40, CIA no, but 30, 30% of their civil society is this way. It's a, it's a huge number. It's huge. The demographic okay, well, of savages is huge. It, so. Well, you're, you'd have to go into like places like LA, like where, you know, we're from, go into the hoods. Yeah, I don't think I ever went into the hood. Well, I remember in San Francisco, I was riding riding my motorcycle, and I went to an all-black restaurant, and I was waiting to see if anybody said anything. I thought I was pretty courageous. Nobody said a word, but I was the only white one there and the only white one within that area, you know. But I was waiting to see if someone said, hey, waity or something, you know, get out. It wasn't going on back then. Mm. You know, that's like 30 years ago. Yeah, it's you know, a whole different time. Everybody's so permissive nowadays. Yeah, it's, so. That's kind of a sad situation. It is definitely a different world than we, when we were young. And we might have thought a few things were, uh, maybe not good. But what's going on now? They've got a dumb, uh, 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 a communist mindset. 
like somehow communism is you know, good. You know, you know, I, I, I talk I, to people. You know, Vera, the funny thing is, is that they want to abolish private property, right? You hear all this time abolish private property. And we're like, okay, exactly. let's abolish private property. Let's start with copyright and patents. Let's abolish all your copyrights and all your patents, okay? Yeah. Think about it. Yeah, let's, okay, no, let's start there, you guys. You want to keep popping off? We'll start with your copyrights, okay? No more controlling of our music. No more yeah. controlling of our literature. As well. There you go. Vera, thanks for the call. We're out of time. See you guys Saturday okay. inside the eye live, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye, Ted. Bye. Okay, take care. Good night.